Vaughan Davis. Hashtag Sunday Social Radio Live. Vaughan Davis with you here right through till 8pm when the Weekend Variety Wireless kicks up. This is show number 185 of New Zealand's premiere show about uh, the internet, social media, apps and tech and stuff. Kicking off the show was Mr David Byrne with Talking Heads and Naive Melody. Fantastic tune and actually quite a deep tech thinker, Mr David Byrne. We should try and get him on the show. He's not busy. He's not a talking head anymore. Perhaps he could be a talking head for me. Hey, we've got a cracker of a show lined up tonight. And, well, you can win something. Oh, that, that woke you up, didn't it? That got you away from the, the pot of potatoes boiling on the stove. You can win something. And I've got something here from Samsung, which I'm rather excited about. And this, this kind of blows me away, the, the, the extent to which technology has advanced in terms of storage. I remember, and by storage I don't mean cupboards, um, I mean digital storage. I remember being a school kid and getting a floppy disk and thinking it was the most wonderful thing in the world because you could put a Word document on it. Well, it wasn't even called a Word document back then. Fast forward to today, I have got in my hot little hands a Samsung portable solid state drive, which is, which is like a hard drive except it has no moving parts. It can hold 500 gigabytes on it. And you're wondering how much it is, aren't you? So I looked it up. It's 1.7 million books. If you, if you need to store 1.7 million books, well, I've got the thing for you. All I need you to do to win it is text me 3920 or tweet me at Vaughan Davis. And I want you to tell me a, a tale of woe, a tale of woe. Tell me one thing you have accidentally lost, digitally lost in your life, a photograph, a story, a piece of music, because you haven't backed it up. Because this Samsung um, portable hard drive, essentially, is the answer to your prayers. Plug it into your Mac, your PC, or even your Android phone, and you can back that stuff up. 3920 keyword live, or at Vaughan Davis on the Twitter to tell me a tale of woe, that one thing you wish you had backed up. Hey, later on, Mr. Julian Waters returns to the desk with some great news for Apple fans if you like uh, paying for things without using your credit card. An interesting rundown on some 3D printed things that you might not have known were 3D printed and big digital news from the digital capital of New Zealand, Stratford. First though... stay away from buzzwords and jargon on Sunday Social, but sometimes they just won't leave us alone. And, well, you'd have to be living under a rock not to have heard the term big data. We hear it popping up all over the place, but what is it? How does it affect you? Is it something to worry about? Or is there good news for us as customers of big companies and owners of small ones? David Leach knows all about that stuff as head of Spark's data insights company, Curious. Welcome to the show. Hello, Vaughan. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. Curious, starting off, what, what is that? 
Curious is a software company. Uh, we're owned by Spark New Zealand and we focus on big data and analytics software solutions. So what does any of that actually mean? I'm, asking, I'm, I'm thinking of my mother. I'm thinking of my mother listening in. Big, big, big data, software, analytics, solutions. What, what, is, what does it mean day to day? What do you do? Well, you pick me up as I explain this because I live in that world full of jargon. Uh, but big data is really a world that's moving to digital everything. Uh, and as you move from a phone to a smartphone, uh, suddenly more data is generated everywhere. Yeah, because my, my phone, you know, once upon a time, your, your phone company might know when you made a call. Mm, that was about it, right? But now they know where you made the call. They obviously know how long it is. They, they know, um, you know, where, where you usually are, even if you're not making a call. This is all sort of knowable information. There's no shortage of data, is there? Oh, no, there's no shortage of data. Well, something that's really happening, why they call it big data, is the world around us that we live in is starting to be quantified. You can use uh, smart machines, a bit like a smartphone, that can measure uh, the weather. Uh, and you can use that data to provide analytics and insights to either businesses or consumers. So, so thinking about the weather, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in the weather, and you know, there's no end of uh, sensors. You know, I, I know there's a, a worldwide network of enthusiasts that have home weather stations, you know, connected to the internet. So there's millions of points of what the temperature is and how fast the wind's blowing and what the humidity is all around the world. What, what, what would you use information like that for, other than wondering if it's going to rain or not? So something really interesting about whether it can affect people's travel patterns and if you start to combine weather data with other types of data sources such as uh, travel related information uh, across the country uh, you can start to draw really interesting insights and see a correlation between uh, travel and weather. So if I'm a, I don't know, um, a taxi company, if, if such things still exist, and I, I can work out that the weather's going to do a certain thing tomorrow, I can go, hey, you need to get some more drivers on, right? So is that, that yeah. kind of decision? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's just the, the beginning. So all sorts of smarter and smarter decisions and insights are possible when you start to join these different types of data together. It's another thing people talk about when they talk about big data. So one thing that jumped out for me, uh, oh, it must be a couple of years ago, is uh, Google was doing something with their search data around when, when people were um, typing in symptoms in their browser that correlated with influenza or the flu. You know, and we all go to Dr. Google first these days, right? Or, you know, Dr. Bing if you work at Microsoft. And they were using these search terms to predict where flu outbreaks would happen or, or were about to happen in, in the States and then companies were using that to decide, um, you know, how much flu medication to to ship to their retail outlets. And that, that's pretty cool, right? Super cool. Uh, Google's a great example of a company that's on the more sophisticated end on how they use data. Uh, that search word you put into that web page is an example of data. Uh, and when you add all that up from all those global searches, that, that's big data. Uh, and all the insights they can draw from that uh, is vast. So on the one hand, so that, that's a good example. I go, I, I, go into a, um, I go into a pharmacy, I've got a, a, a runny nose and a high temperature, and I don't know how, I don't know why, but the pharmacy is, happens to have plenty of the medicine I need. And this is what's been happening behind the scenes. That's good news for me. But... 
when I, when I look at it another way and I go, oh, so Google's looking at everything I search and using the information, I might, I might think that's a little bit intrusive or invasive or creepy. Is, is that a, a consideration when you're working in this industry, you know, how, how people feel about their behaviour being analysed? Yeah, absolutely. So something I think about for Curious and what I'm sure people at Google think about at the exec level is they're kind of custodians of this data and they need to approach it ethically uh, and use it for good, if you like. Uh, but the data is underpinning everything. Uh, it makes many things possible, such as these autonomous vehicles we're starting to see and all sorts of new technology. There's a lot of positives from it, but there are some dangers uh, that the world is kind of navigating through in these years to come. Well, well let's, let's talk about autonomous vehicles. I didn't, uh, I didn't think about discussing that coming in, but what, what sort of you know, information, what sort of data is, is going into the development of a of self-driving car? Well, if you think about Tesla cars, I don't know if you realise, but these, these cars, when they're parked in the garage, they're connected to your Wi-Fi and, and plug up to yeah, the, the cloud and can download software updates that update the, uh, the software that runs the vehicle. Uh, and as you drive, and there's different data collected, and that data is constantly pushed up to Tesla so they can use the data to analyse, uh, to help drive the vehicles, uh, to help provide predictive analytics so that uh, Tesla can improve and do future software updates and so forth. So I guess the difference there is, you know, once upon a time when you designed and manufactured a car, it was a, a one-shot deal. You make your Ford Fiesta, you, you build it, you ship it, and it goes out into the world, and, and that's that. Whereas by using big data... Tesla or, or, or a company like it can go, okay, well, I've done this version of the Tesla, it's in a million garages, and I'm going to change it based on how people are using it. Yeah, you could almost say the old car is an analogue car, a bit like you had the analogue tapes, and you know, moving from analogue to digital is what's hap actually happening here, happening here with cars. Oh, mind you, I quite like my analogue car. I, dro I drove here in an analogue car, yeah, no, yeah, 19, awesome. 1971. Beautiful thing, beautiful thing. Yep. And, and in fact, some people have been trying. It's a, it's a thing called a Volkswagen Carmen gear, and some, I think they're well-meaning, but I think they're cruel. Some people on the internet have have, have discovered that it's quite a popular um, electric vehicle conversion in the states, and people have been trying yes. to convince me to, to, to change my beautiful Volkswagen into an electric vehicle. I think that would be all sorts of wrong. It's nice. Um, I mean, not everything needs to be digital. People love their vinyl records as well. Exactly. Um, and you've probably got some data on that. So Spark, which not so long ago was Telecom, which not so long ago was the post office, um, what are you doing in the, in the big data business? I mean, I get that you've got a lot of customer data. We talked about the sort of stuff that a, a telco um, collects, but what, what was the bridge from, from that to actually setting up this business curious? Yeah, so what we do, we take aggregated and anonymised data from the cell towers. If you think about all those phones connected to the cell towers across the country of New Zealand, we're collecting this anonymised and aggregated data and we use that to deliver insights as a service, uh, as software, delivering insights to businesses across New Zealand, particularly in the tourism sector. So what, what, sort, of, what sort of stuff can that, can that tell me? It's people movement insight so we don't do any type of tracking or anything we're very careful with that but what we do do is provide insights at a at scale so we can see visitors into queenstown for example average length of stay uh, their point of origin if it's domestics or tourists or whether it's international tourists from other countries just just because hey it's a, a deutsche telecom phone or whatever it is that's logged onto your network right 
Yeah, that's right. So, so backing up a little bit. So, when, when when I make a call on my on my mobile phone, it's it's you know I think we all know that it's not a direct radio signal from you know me to my mother. It's going via the cell site that I'm closest to, which is you know typically one of those um, rectangular um, uh, aerials up a pole. That's it. How how many of those are there around the country, and 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 and, and, and sort of what well, what area does does one of those cover? How detailed can you get? Is it a you know five blocks? Is it is it the size of a tennis court? How 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 big is the uh, the area around a cell site? Yeah, the insights at the moment. Firstly, there's, there's I'm not actually sure of the exact number, but there's in the hundreds to a thousand or so. Yep. I believe around the country. Yep. And in terms of the uh, accuracy in a CBD area, it's a 50 to 100 meters. In a, a town, a rural town, uh, 500 to a kilometer, and in very rural areas, more like three to five kilometer accuracy. But that, that, that's still pretty good. Talking yeah. to David Leach from uh, Spark Data Analytics and Insights Company. Curious back soon. Connecting you to the future of the internet. internet. It's Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis. Welcome back to Sunday Social. And we're talking, buzzword alert, big data with... David Leach, all the way from Spark Data Insight and Analytic Company, Curious. Welcome back, David. Thank you. Oh, and Thanks we should point out that it's Curious with a Q, of course. That's right. Because it's, um, you know, you, you can't spell anything properly in the digital age, can you? You've got to be unique and distinctive. Absolutely. It's the trend. Hey, be- before the break, we were talking about the, uh, the main source of data that you use in the business, which is which cell phones are connected to which cell towers and and the 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 ways that that could be um turned into insights for um you know for tourism operators and government operators around who you know who's where and where they're from i've always wondered and maybe maybe you can answer this for me google traffic the way that google knows when a road is busy and uh and a road is not and it feeds into our maps and it tells us which way to go is does that relate to cell site data no no how does that happen it comes off the cell phone uh, so you've got location services on the smartphone. Yep. Uh, and these smartphones are sending data up to, to Google. And when you've got a certain population size, everyone using the, the Google Maps app, yep. uh, or some phones, uh, depending on the setting, are actually constantly sending location data up, uh, particularly on the Androids, uh, given it's a Google, a Google product. Yeah. Uh, they actually use that data to do develop the insights and then deliver that back down, and it's what you see inside the Google Maps app. Right. So when you when you look at your Google Maps and there's a bit of red, uh, that means there's a there's a bunch of people yeah, with right. either an Android phone or Google Maps on their iPhone, not moving very fast. That's absolutely right. It's, it's got to be inter- it's, it's interesting because I, I think about uh, you know we're getting very specific now, but I think about Queen Street. You know there might be um, you know ten thousand people going up and down Queen Street. Only some of them are in cars, and for for Google somehow to work out which ones are traffic. And which ones are pedestrians? That, that's that's pretty clever stuff, right? Absolutely, and you, it's very achievable too. With with good data science, uh, you can see patterns in the data, and uh, you you can take the, the human element out of it. There's no humans here manually coding this stuff for Google globally. It all happens dynamically with machines. Yeah, there's no no traffic control room where they go. Mm, no, Green no, Street, no. Amber, Absolutely. Green. Well, no. it's never green, is it? No, and it's all getting smarter. So, something really important to understand is. 
there's a transparency to what Google uh, in the T's and C's, uh, how they use the data, and it's really important for people, people to understand. And it's a free app. You don't have to pay for Google Maps, and what you get in return for sharing your data is something actually really useful. It, it is really useful. It's funny, you talk about the T's and C's, but I don't know. Have, you know, hand on heart, David, have you read... No, 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 no I agree. You haven't, and you're like, the data as, guy, as right? As consumers, yeah, very don't. few people really do, yeah. It's just yeah, the yeah, tech yeah. companies trying to stay out of jail, really. You know, they give us these 92-page terms and conditions and, 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 and job done. But you're right, I think there's that, that value exchange. You know, we accept in exchange for a little bit of uh, oversight and analysis, our free app is, is really, really useful to us, right? Absolutely, yeah. So bringing it back to Curious, say for a, for a, a tourism operator, you know, um, I don't know, I've got a, um, I, I'm thinking of opening up a, a hotel on the shores of the Kaipara Harbour. What can you tell me that will influence my decision whether or not to open up this hotel and what sort of hotel it should be, based, based on that information you have about, you know, who's using their phones where? Yeah, okay, so some things. We've collected the data back to about August 2015, so we can show some Oh, it's only quite recent. Yeah, Relatively yeah. Relatively recent, yeah. okay. So we can show some historical information, but we can show uh, people movement insight across uh, the year and comparative as right, well. Right, so, so I can work out what the busy time is. In, yeah, in the that's right. Yeah. Okay, that's good information. because comparative to year on year to sort of see if it's on the rise, uh, November to November, uh, or on the decline. Good point, but my, my hotel might be what turns that sleepy hollow around. It might, that's might, right. it might be just what it needs. Yeah, that's okay, right. so it can tell me when the busy periods are. It can tell me the trends. What else can it tell me? Uh, average length of stay, uh, point of origin. So you oh, so see. Uh, going back to average yeah. length of stay, that's interesting. So I, I know from that how long an out-of-towner, however we just you know, right. d- yep. define that, stays in that district. So that's kind of cool. So that, yeah. would, that would help me go, okay, well, if most people are staying for five nights, maybe I should offer a you know, five-night deal. It does. It helps you tune your, your marketing and yeah, what, how you attract your clientele. Yep. Uh, so the next thing it can tell you is the point of origin. So are they coming from Auckland or Wellington or are they coming from Australia or China or somewhere else? Which is, which is handy because that can then help me. So, you know, I've got my imaginary uh, hotel in the Kaipara. I can go, okay, well, heck, there's 20% of the people who visit this region are from China. Maybe I should do some Google AdWords, if you like, that point towards China. That's right. Which is, Absolutely. Which, which is kind of neat. Yeah. So the, the, the analysis and the, the insights, I, I mean, I understand that you have the data. That, that's pretty straightforward. But the, the layer between that, and that what's, that's what Curious does, uh, the analysis, the insights, what do you need for that? Just really, really big computers or, you know, creative people or, or what? What does what Curious make up of? a great question. This data is quite raw, like a human can't easily read it. It's, it's a massive data set. So, so the smarts we have in Curious is we've got software developers, mm-hmm. uh, we have data scientists, and, and we have a other so cross-functional software team that use, take this raw data, you could almost think of it as crude oil, if you like, and they refine it uh, and then make it human-readable through a really nice, non-technical uh, user experience. Through, through graphs and pictures and maps. Yeah, and all you do. Uh, and they're very non-technical people that use our software. Uh, they log in to the website, the web portal, and they see the dashboards that give you these insights. And, and what sort of companies are working with you? You know, I've got, I've got a limited budget for my Kaipara Hotel. Um, you know, as a, as a small business operator, am I likely to be able to afford you, or are you kind of at the big end of town? 
Uh, so more hotel chains okay. uh, and airports yeah. and uh, regional tourism offices. There, there's some examples of our customer types. Uh, and then you've got the likes of Ateed because uh, they're thinking about... So Auckland, Auckland. Tourism, Economic Development right. and Events. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because actually the, use, the data is useful for events as well. Uh, so at a point in time, uh, say the Lantern Festival here in Auckland, you can see what type of people are going to that well, event. Well, that's interesting because it's always, you know, going back to, strangely to the Trump inauguration, there was a lot of controversy about how many people turned up and no one could agree how many people turned up. But you could. You could know that, right? Yes. And you yes. could know that, you know, assume, I mean, the, the big assumption under all your data is that we all have a cell phone. And that's, that's you know, pretty, yeah, that's pretty right. accurate. Yeah, so Spark has about 40, 45% market share if you average that across the country. Uh, and it does vary in the different regions. But, but one thing about big data, once you've got big enough data, your insights are surprisingly accurate. Yeah, so, so you know if there are 45 Spark cell phones logged on, there's 100 people there. Yeah, and we normalise normalize this, which just it's a fancy word for saying we see the all the population equivalent numbers in yep. the insights. So going, going back the other way, so we're talking about anonymous and aggregated data. Setting aside best practice and ethics and what you actually do and looking now at what you could do, if you wanted to, if you were compelled to, by whatever force, could you find out where I am, when I am, what I'm doing, me, Vaughan Davis? Curious could, and we don't have that sort of data, uh, but many organisations could, uh, and there is a, a real care and uh, the custodian language comes to mind again uh, so that we don't. I know. Well, there was a, there was a story um, just last week where where a bank um, released some you know customer details about um, about a blogger, you know, with, without having had you know, proper cause to do that. So that and, and there's been plenty of stories in the states with tech companies either protecting or releasing as their mood took them, uh, you know, customer data. And and that that's has that come up? Has that come up for you yet? No, no. Uh, given and the reason why Curious couldn't do this today, we don't have the data. We don't have. You don't have that layer. Like the identifiable data is what uh, the market tends to call it. Right. So look, looking into the future of you know we've only with you started this sort of stuff in the last you know few years. Looking into the future of big data, what what excites you the most about the the possibilities of of what can be done? Great question. Uh, I think it's a real enabler for digital experiences. Uh, I, I was at a conference with the, at a New Zealand government conference last week and a lot of conversation around how can the New Zealand government show up as a digital government to provide digital experiences for citizens. And that could show up in all sorts of ways. And that, that means smarter, uh, more convenient, time-saving kind of interactions. So g- give me an example because this is a bit vague. What is it, what is it, yeah, give me okay. an example of that. Uh, so if you your tax returns uh, could could largely be automated in future or greatly simplified, uh, any queries, or indeed eliminated, yeah, or an interaction with with the government might not be waiting on a phone for thirty minutes. You actually just have an app and you you type a few things and you might even uh, be talking on a chat bot uh, where it's a machine answering your questions on the other end. Hey, uh, the, the the future looks uh, the future looks either either bright or creepy, depending on how you look at it. I'm on the bright side, I've got to say, and I, I expect uh, David Leach from Curious. So are you? Thanks for joining me. I certainly am. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, and if you're uh, if you're thinking of entering that competition to win the Samsung T5 portable hard drive, 
500 gigabytes, which as we uh, as we calculated is 1.7 million books, which is quite a lot. Uh, now's the time to enter 3920 is the text keyword live or tweet me at Vaughan Davis. Wow, they're coming in thick and fast. And there's some real sad ones. Um, Jeff, Jeff writes that he lost videos because he didn't back them up. Uh, of him playing in bands, and now when his son says uh, prove it, he can't. Well, you know, oh, oh, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Jeff. Even if you did prove it, your son would not think you're cool. Nothing will do that. Um, another another guy, uh, another guy, Mike. Oh, this is really sad. Um, he lost a hard drive, which he didn't back up. If he'd had the Samsung T5, he could have. He lost a hard drive that had the only access to his Bitcoin account with 30 Bitcoin. I think it's about $150,000. I don't know if I believe you, Mike, but uh, if that's true, it's a tale of woe. After the break, Mr. Julian Waters with the apps, websites and social media news of the week. Back soon. Welcome back to Sunday Social and... uh, Big news, big news for Weekend Variety Wireless fans. Mr. Graham Hill is in the house, so stick around for 8 o'clock. Uh, word on the street, it's going to be one cracker of a show. Welcome, though. Welcome back to the desk, Mr. Julian Waters. Hello. Sir. Thank you, Vaughan. Great to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I've been uh, literally shoveling poo all day. What have you been doing? What have I been doing? Uh, helping make dumplings. Helping make dumplings? Not- You're a mug. You can, uh, yeah, a countdown. You can get three packs of dumplings for nine ninety nine. Come on, you don't want to make dumplings. That's what you do when you visit old neighbours. Oh, is that right? It was social. It was gri- social. Grizzly babies. Mm. Grizzly babies. Yes. Well, I don't. I don't make dumplings. I buy them, and I. I need to admit, when I buy them, I buy them like a schmuck. I take out my plastic credit card from my wallet, and I either swipe it, dip it, or wave it over a terminal. But um, if I hadn't. Apple Watch, I wouldn't need to do that, would I? No, you wouldn't, unless you wanted to swipe your awards card, but, but that's another story. But yes, just show up with your watch, wave it. Actually, what do you do with the watch? I know with the phone you use your thumbprint, and soon you'll be able to use your face. Um, but yes, you just... You just use it like a, use, use like a contactless card. So that's the news, though. That's the news, though. Um, BNZ. BNZ is offering Apple Pay. Uh, yes, coming soon. Uh, next month, I believe. Good on you, BNZ. That's guy. I've got BNZ and ANZ accounts, and I'll be more than happy to add the BNZ uh, cards. So, so the way it works, uh, you, each of your cards can be added to the Apple Pay app. And, um, for example, on your phone, even while your phone's locked, you just double-tap the home button, uh, apply your fingerprint, if it's a fingerprint uh, scannable phone, and wave it past the terminal as you would a PayWave card. And yes, so you don't need your cards with you or, or anything, and it's uh, very secure, unless uh, unless someone would chop your thumb off or something to access your accounts. Um, and there, yeah, away you go. Sounds sounds very cool from BNZ. Okay. Um, I've I've got a watch that does that too, but uh, which is which is the um, the new Fitbit Ionic. Can you see it from over there? Nice, eh? Very stylish. Nice, very stylish. Um, this offers Android Pay contactless payments um, through another bank, uh, but uh, they haven't quite got their act together yet. They've been talking about it a lot, but it's not quite live. Hmm. But I, I don't know, would you would you, would you you go into a shop and say, you know, I'll have, you know, three fish and a scoop of chips, and then when they say that's, you know, $19, would you, then, would you reach out your watch and go, blink, put it over the, or would you just think that looked a bit stupid? Oh, come on. Because well, you have to do this. Hello. Well, firstly, you don't actually have to put it that close, uh, I've noticed. So it it could be a very subtle move. 
uh, oh, well, it'd be quite handy. Not, but, but here was my big thing with this. I like the idea. So I, everywhere I go, I have to carry my car keys, my phone, and my stack of plastic cards. Yep. What I'm looking forward to, and what this is a step in the direction of, is that I only need to carry one thing. I just carry my device. Yes, well, it could be my watch. Or, yeah, with my or, watch. Or your phone. Take over my phone. That'd be great. And I believe some cars offer uh, that, that means of access that doesn't require a key being carried around as a separate item. And, and houses, you can have that installed. Uh, and this is a step towards the, the payment solutions. Um, but what we need to really make this utopia is all those loyalty cards that everybody asks you to carry. I'm sick of loyalty cards. You would have been listening to David in the first half from Curious, which is, you know, um, Spark's big data company. And, you know, uh, really, um, all loyalty cards are about is, is getting data about your behaviour from you. And there are so many of them. You know, one popped up at Mo, is it Mobile? Mm, They've just launched their own. I'm not going to have another card in my pocket just for mobile. But, yeah, to your point, if it's just a little app on my virtual wallet and my phone, maybe I will. I'll tell you what, one, one thing before we move on from this, and this, this sort of struck me the other night. I was thinking about, you know, the brave new world of contactless payments and paying for everything with my watch and not having to carry stuff around. That only applies to guys because women are still going to carry a great big bulging handbag full of, I don't know what's in there, I don't know what's in there, I don't want to see what's in there, but all the contact payments in the world are not going to make an, a gram of difference to the load a woman carries. Here's my theory. never thought about that. I, I don't know, is this activewear <coughs> trend extending to handbags? I mean, is the handbag becoming... Would it ever become extinct? Is that ever going to happen? No, because there are things in there. There are things in there, Julian, that need to be carried around from place to place, and uh, contactless payments will make no difference at all. Have you ever seen a 3D-printed handbag? I have not. Or I might have, but not been aware of it. I, th I think I've, I've, seen a, I've, seen a th I've seen a 3D printed um, phone case. I've seen a few mm -hmm. of those. Mm -hmm. But um, th this, this is a really cool story. So a, a 3D printing outfit called 3dprint.com, well, they're kind of into this, um, have come up with a list of actually surprisingly useful stuff that's 3D printed. Because when I say 3D printed, what, what sort of things do you, do you think of? We, we did our social media award trophies in previous years using 3D printing. Actually, I think of nothing because 3D printing was like AR, VR or something. It was meant to be this next big thing. Yeah. But I haven't seen this, I, I think of need for one in every house. Or, I, I think or, of crappy or, little gadgets, you know, little right. little, little show-off things that go on your desk, little Pikachus or, or whatever, they're, they're, or little you know, dolphins. Who needs a plastic dolphin? You know, the, the and I think of the quality as being what might come out of a Christmas cracker, only slightly larger. But uh, 3dprint.com has dispelled um, that that perception by coming out of a list, coming up with a list of ac actually useful things, which I think is quite neat. Um, number one on the list was 3D printer parts. So a 3D printer that can make 3D printers. What was the, I was just watching the movie where the. Uh you know, the computers are running the uh, spaceship and the spaceship's able to regenerate its own parts or something. That, that you know, That's cool. So, so that's cool. But then the, mm. ne the next two are really cool, really surprised me. They really surprised me. Um, hearing aid shells. So uh, if you've ever seen a, a, a hearing aid up close, they're, they're, they're sort of moulded to the ear of the user. And it turns out that, you know, for a couple of brands, I think Phonak is one of them, uh, they 3D print these things to fit in people's ears. So they scan their ears somehow and they 3D print them millions each year. That's cool. 
It is. And that's legitimate. So 3D printing works Very when cool. you're making one of something. Hmm. So no mould, no tools, just one of something. Which relates to the next one, Invisalign brand braces for your teeth, which I've seen ads for, but they never tell you they're 3D printed. I suppose I'm thinking of when I played hockey at high school and, and had a mould mouth, mouth guard. guard. But, but those were... That's different. You do, I suppose if they were free, 3D printed, they could be made of harder plastic or... or, or yeah, well, the thing, the thing is mm. that your mouth guard, it moulds to your teeth as they are, right? Braces mm. are more about pushing your teeth to, to where you want them. Um, this next one, skull, uh, 3D printed skulls and other body parts to prepare surgeons for surgery. So they do a scan of you, you know, saying where the bullet's gone in and make a, 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 3D, uh, a 3D print of it and, and the surgeons play with that before they, um, before they actually, you know, go and do the surgery. That's cool. Mission Impossible could have made amazing use of a 3D printer. It is very Mission Impossible. Um, spectacle lenses. So rather than, you know, grinding them, uh, grinding a pair of glasses, they, they take your, your prescription, they put some put some optically clear, you know, acrylic or whatever it is into the 3D printer, boop, out come some glasses. So this is really opening my mind to what 3D printers can do. I suppose it'd be cooler if you're a glasses wearer and you wanted a particular style or something and they said, right, we'll just whip them up for you. Well, you, you, could, print, you could print the whole damn thing. Yeah, um, lenses and You know, lenses, lenses and frame, all in one go. Mm. All in one go. And, and the last one, the last one, which I think is, uh, is, is, is really neat, a little bit geeky, uh, this is replica museum pieces. So there's a crowd uh, in Europe that is 3D scanning, I don't know, um, ancient... Etruscan helmets, let's say, 3D printing an exact replica, colouring it exactly how it is, and then putting it out on display. You can pick up and touch it and, and drop it, doesn't matter. So rather than being behind glass, you can really appreciate the item itself. And there's no reason they couldn't make it way the same as the real thing too. So it is useful technology. It's just not as ubiquitous as perhaps people suggested it might be. No, because it takes forever. I mean, in the time we've had yeah. this conversation, we, we, we could have printed one two hundredth of a um, inch long plastic dolphin. That's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. But still handy to have. Still handy to have. Mm. Hey, um, one more yarn before the break, and I, and I love this. Did, did, you, did you see the story? This is um, Google buying Apple. <laughs> oh, now we're sort of guilty of it ourselves just by saying it. Hey, warning, Google is not and did not buy Apple. Yeah, so before if, we, before if for no other reason on. than Apple being worth multiples of Google, I believe. Is that the way around it is? Oh, I don't yeah. know. Oh, yeah. Anyway, anyway, so Dow Jones, which is the um, US financial uh, entity website, uh, well, it's a stock exchange, but they, uh, they, 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 they tweeted in error that Google was buying Apple and why they did that, who knows. Yeah. But the effect is the interesting bit because uh, Apple's stock shot up by $2.00 without anyone buying any. And what had happened is bots, robots, little computer programs that are sitting there just watching the financial news and acting based on the financial news had seen this news, acted on it, and not realised it was fake. But, you know, thinking about this story, perhaps it doesn't even matter because if you're micro-trading and if you're doing it through algorithms, it's quite possible those shares will have gone up again, even... And by a minuscule margin because of that fake news. Uh, and well, you, you could have made money anyway. They, they, they did go up because of the fake news. Right, but you know, they could have gone up, you know, like if you have an algorithm that says, right, there's news that mentions Apple and Google, boom, just buy the stock and then sell it again 10, 
10 minutes later or something you, you probably could have made made money well even based on fact i mean does, does the reality does reality even matter in the in the yeah. share market maybe it doesn't but it, it really it, it puts a um it puts a financial uh aspect onto um onto the whole idea of uh of fake news hey mm. after the break uh we've got the apps that you simply must download to your phone this week plus we will decide the winner of the samsung t5 portable 500 gigabyte hard drive some oh there's some, there's some truly actually touching and sad stories coming in now oh i was going for the funny ones but maybe i might go oh dear funerals weddings all sorts of things hey back soon it's sunday social Yes, indeed. Don't worry, be happy. There's a bazillion apps out there, but luckily Julie and I have spent the entire week sifting through the dross to identify the pearls, and we've got one for you. Do you like this first one? Do you like this first one? It's rubbish. <laughs> so this this one's right. This one's rather magnificent. Um, actually, there's a story to this. So a, a friend of mine and I um, online, we used to have this thing every Tuesday night where we'd remind each other, remind each other that the next day was rubbish night because we sort of lived, lived nearby. Well, the next, the, you know, the, that night was rubbish night and the next morning was, was, was rubbish time. And, and we, we had a ritual. Every Tuesday night, we'd, we'd tweet each other to say it was rubbish and whether it was a single bin or a double bin. Well, if you live in Stratford, you don't live in Stratford, do you? Nice town. Nice town. Um, do. Well, you don't need a friend. You don't need a friend to remind you when it's rubbish night because the Stratford District Council has brought out an app whose sole purpose is to tell you when it's time to put the bin out. Okay. I think that's awesome. Have you? Because you know, I, I've I've um, I've delegated this task to my 18-year-old son, and he's really bad at it. <laughs> So at the moment, it's it's it smells like uh, it smells like a bad part of the world, my backyard, because of the bins, because he's forgotten to put them out two weeks in a row. Yeah, that's not going to stop feeding him. Um, I, yeah, I delegated it to my uh, Japanese flatmate who gets no other exercise. But uh, you know, there is such a thing as a calendar reminder. But th this is a neat idea. No, and, no, and no, 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 no. Because you've got no, public yeah, holidays, yeah, that's right. right? And you've got yeah. ones recycling. The others yeah, don't come at me with your calendar mm. reminder. That's that's not what I, you need. I, I, I have searched the um, you know the local council uh, app and website here way too often for the same address just to sort of confirm is it a recycling week? So. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's a brilliant idea. So, so it's free naturally uh, from the Google Play Store for Android people or the App Store for Apple people. Uh, just search SDC rubbish. That's Stratford District Council rubbish, and you get reminders, and you get a calendar, and it'll be all sorts of wonderful. And Auckland Council, I know you're listening. Uh, you should license this and uh, provide it to Aucklanders as well. And put the. Uh, in inorganic or the organic or whatever it's called in as well because oh, it doesn't exist anymore that's well, the thing yeah but there's a sort of you got a window when you can book and have it picked up i know it's like kind of weird it's kind of weird well, all i know is i missed it so i've got a off broken office chair sitting in the garage basically morning. basically they want us to be hoarders that's what they're saying that's what they're saying hey um this, this next one so this is this is uh this is big news in the states because they've never had access to it uh we have had for a while but i hadn't tried it until today facebook messenger light Ever heard of it, Julian? <clears throat> I, I have heard of it when I got an email from you today mentioning it. But yes, no, I hadn't heard of it, no. So, hmm. 
apparently, and I, I didn't know there was a problem, but this is this yeah, is no, an, the, the, the here message to, is pretty light as it is. I would have yeah, thought. Yeah, no, but. this this thing this thing's tiny. So, um, in response to people who don't have the bandwidth necessarily, or the space on their phone, or the processing power to make the most of Facebook Messenger, well, Facebook has brought out a slimmed down version called Messenger Lite. So no more games, no more stickers, no more GIFs, none of that stuff. Messenger Lite just messengers people. Isn't that good? It sounds quaint, positively quaint, but um, more useful. Can you see in photos? Uh, yes, you can see in photos. Oh, so you can, can see in photos. You can do everything that yep. you'd need. And, and honestly, the download, if, if it means anything to you, is, is like five megabytes, which is which is absolutely teeny, teeny, tiny for a uh, for an app in 2017. Uh, there's only one downside, Julian. It's only for Android. Yeah. So, um, yep, it's gonna it's it's fitted right in there on the Huawei P10. Maybe not so good on your iPhone too. Tell you where this kind of thing may come in particular handy. Um, my kids still have prepay phones, and I get the impression the providers want you to be on some sort of plan, even if it's a prepay plan. But they're all a minimum of fifteen, twenty bucks a month. Oh, for texts. Well, for everything. Just, yeah, yeah, just yeah, using yeah, your yeah. Phone. Um, But if if you can have some really data light apps that sort of <clears throat> prevent, like even email or anything, just have everything set so you don't use much data, then you can survive with a prepay phone. Exactly. Mm. So uh, if, if, if that's you, if that's you and you're looking to go, uh, you know, low on data, low on storage space and uh, easy to use, not too many features, uh, Facebook Messenger Lite. That's going to be my app of the week. Well, no, mm, I don't know. Toss up, toss up, toss up. The Stratford District Council rubbish app. Yeah, because it's called a rubbish app. It is called a rubbish app, but it's, it's a rubbish app, not rubbish. It's, 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 really, it's really pretty cool. Hey, one, one thing you wouldn't have problem uh, storing, though, if you had, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't worry about the size of your apps if you had a, a Samsung T5 portable SSD, solid state drive, and we've got to give it away. We've got to give away. It looks neat. I could do with one. Well, you can't enter terms and conditions. Mm. Uh, ironically, because you, you've been, you, you know, you come in every week or every, you know, every few weeks and, 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 and work hard and do your prep and, and give your opinion, but uh, you're not going to get the prize. Where's the swag, people? Come on. Where, where is, where is... High-profile guest right here, national mate, radio. So I've, I've got a tweet from a uh, guy, Rob Treacher, and he said, um, dear, dear wife Elle's phone died containing years of pictures and videos of daughter Bella's dancing. Huge distress, huge. Now, he should have backed up. He should have backed up. So he's one of our finalists. Uh, who else have we got here? I, I, I quite like money. Yeah, I quite, I quite like this. I quite like this. Um, photos of family trip. Uh, the year 2000 was in a hard drive but didn't back up. <gasps> Gutted, lost, a lot of holidays, a lot of holiday photos. What do you think of that one? What do you think of that mm. one? That sounds sad. Yeah. The, oh. ones, the ones about kids always, you know, get me a little more because I've had that experience. Yep. Oh, Africa. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'd love to win the hard drive. 25 years ago, I traveled through Africa for seven months and took roll after roll of photos. They were all on my hard drive. Oh, they're all stolen. They're all stolen along with my camera and carry bag. And this summer, I'm taking my family on the same trip. Well, you know what? This yeah. person sounds really rich. I was about to say that the person who's going to Africa is the one that I think needs it more. And, and by the way, what I like about that disc, unlike the one that I had and stopped using, it's really small. I had a really big one, which was impractical. Exactly, and this one's really tiny. Um, do you know what? Do you know what? I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to go with my heart, and I am going to give this <laughs> Samsung hard drive. Where is this person? Oh, I've lost the person. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. 
I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to give it to the person who spent eight hours, eight hours on a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet and then when it said, uh, do you want to save, accidentally clicked on no, because when I saw that, I felt sick. So Tristan Bennett uh, from uh, from Marshlands and Christchurch, you need, you need a prize just for that. You have won the Samsung T5 portable hard drive. Hey, thank you so much for listening tonight. I'm Vaughan Davis and Mr. David Leach from Curious. Uh, thank you for your contribution. Julian Waters and our ace technical producer, Sarah O'Dwyer. Next up, Graham Hill and the Weekend Variety Wireless. But from us, nighty-night.